we are creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is the Working Artist Project. You know, how do you define your art and, and what does it mean to you? Ooh, um, I think that my art continues to define itself and it tries to, I feel like I'm trying now um, to be open to the idea of what it is and it helps to shape me in that way. Um, I feel like art is like, to me, like a song when I'm writing a song Sometimes it seems like the song is already there and I just happened on it and uh, I was in the right space at the right time mentally, physically or whatever in life to be able to receive that song and translate it. And um, I'm learning to let the music that I try to make and that, uh, that I hear and that I feel to, uh, I'm learning to let it be what it is and try to live up to it. Deep. <laughs> just came I hope that made that. sense. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, of course it made sense. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I know we talk about this a lot. Like, uh, you feel like you're on the outskirts of mu- musical, being able to be, be category, category, in a category, you know? You, As, don't, you, don't, you don't like people to say that you're just a, a blues singer or you're just a jazz singer, you're just that because you have a lot of influences. Why is that? I don't like to, um, I don't pick songs to sing because of their genre. I pick them to sing because of the the feeling that they create in me. And I think that feeling and um, artistry is beyond genre. And I'm not, I think that people look at an artist and they see their artistry. But as an artist, you are just trying to find that thing in you and to be able to express that that thing in you and let that thing be in you that can um bring you into a better understanding of yourself others and and your whole reason for being here and to share that with people is an amazing thing and i don't think that has a genre it's not that i don't want to be considered a jazz singer or a blues singer or a country singer or whatever i I want to be seen as a, a vocalist. I think a vocalist does not um, stick to a genre or a type of music when uh, all kinds of music, as a music lover, all kinds of music speak to me. And I try to, I try to take whatever I need for the moment and um, for the feeling that I'm, I'm going for like who who you know who do you follow who's followed that path that you you know that you're looking up to now I love Nina Simone I think Nina Simone sang anything and everything she wanted to sing Diane Reeves is another person it's like jazz is definitely and blues and the music of the African diaspora that is where we come from right. but it's a lot of different things it's not just jazz it's not just blues it's not just this or that um and I think that the message of the song and um, 
the truth that that I see in it and that um, that I can bring to it is more important than just saying I'm going to sing this blues or this standard now. Right. He likes feeling when you do that, no? Yeah, it's just, it's just it's it's the point then is about something that is less important. Okay. So like why is it important to define your art? You know, because it's like it's it's difficult if you don't get into a category and then you have to like define it somehow. I'm learning yeah. that. I have had many people um ask me questions about what what kind of singer do you consider yourself to be? Um or and and different variations of that question or or how I define myself. I think that it's important to know who you are. Because if you know who you are, then you know who you're not. And I I think that if you know who you are, then especially as art is concerned, artists, we don't wake up the same every day. We don't go to sleep the same every day. We don't eat the same meals all the time every day. We don't say the same words every day. So why would we be in the same mode of creation all the time? I think art helps us to define ourselves and that we, if we look hard enough and if we are open to it enough, that it can certainly help us to find out where we are. All right. So, like, just I want to change gears a little bit. Like, uh, I was talking to you know Gabrielle Murphy. Yes. So I was talking to her the other day, kind of about (laughs) you know the the challenge of challenges of being a female saxophone player. And so I'm just curious, what are the challenges for you for a female vocalist on the scene, or do you think those things are the same or different? I think that being on the scene in general can be a challenge because. Um, in in that way, whether you're male or female, because we are at work, whether or not we're in the club, it is our nine to five. And there are drinks going on, there are good times happening, but you still have to remember to maintain a certain level of professionalism while you're in there just living life and having fun, just like any job. And I think whether you're a man or a woman, personal dignity and respect um, when you have that for yourself, you can show it for others. So, you know, if you're a woman and, and it can be difficult, uh, to be, um, sometimes taken seriously, uh, especially when you're trying to be, you know, like a leader, I've been very fortunate to have some amazing, um, people that I work with and have worked with in different genres, but this is a topic that, um, I've heard many of my female colleagues bring up and that I've, I've witnessed myself and that I've been through. It can be difficult when you're a woman to be a woman and to be a boss. And that's a big category. Oh, wait, 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 whoa, 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 wait, wait, what does that mean? Well, be, I mean, you, no name names. What does that mean? <laughs> <Who>? <laughs> I mean, I mean, women, we can wear many hats and sometimes uh, when we are looked at and accepted in one hat, when we suddenly put on another hat, that can be hard for people to swallow and digest. And not just men, other women too. And I think, and let me take it out even further, I think that, that that's probably just a human being thing. 
learning to recognize each other in different ebbs and flows right. of life and accepting that, you know, you, you encounter this person in one way in this situation and then in another situation, you know, they have a different uh, status. Learning to respect one another across those lines, I okay. think, yeah. So like, how do you overcome those challenges? You know, like say you, you're in a band and it's maybe you're getting sexually harassed or someone's not, you know, giving you the respect that you deserve or, or, or you're in a situation where the band ain't swinging. But how do you communicate those things without stepping on the, the male ego? I always try to talk to people the way that I would want them to speak to me. And that doesn't mean that that is right. It just means that is my way of having... Try, trying to communicate with people with the, the, the best integrity that I can have. I don't know. You, you, you learn people, so you learn how to communicate to your band members. You learn that saying one thing to this person will will create the opposite effect of what you really wanted, and you learn how to communicate. I think you have to meet people where they are, but there should be a certain level of respect. You can't respect somebody somebody else, then you can't respect yourself. Right. And that's all one thing. So I, if the band, I, I, I just try to be straight up, you know, I think that there's no, <laughs> there's no, <laughs> there's no um, time right. sometimes for anything else. Um, I kind of sort of need. Mm-mm. Well, I think a lot of times too, men are expecting the, the, the woman in the group to be like that. Like, guys, I mean, come on. But like, we're, no. we don't communicate with each other like that. So sometimes it's not, a, we're not as responsive. And, and sometimes, you know, like as a woman on the scene, I'm a woman, but I need direct too. I appreciate when somebody, I can't read your mind. I don't know what exactly you're thinking or feeling. I can do my best to to empathize, but I don't know your exact thoughts. So if you have something that you need or want from me on the bandstand or whatever, say it, and and we'll go from there. If I still don't understand, try to you know right. explain in a different way. But but at at all you know, be be truthful and honest because you know otherwise we're just out here practicing and. And, and, you know, doing things that are not the truth. And then later on, that's that's a, a worse problem. Okay. So what role did your parents play in, in your development as a musician? So both of my parents are very extraordinary. My dad, to me, I love my parents. Right. <laughs> um, but my dad, my dad was an amazing vocalist and a drummer. And right. in fact, drums was my first instrument. He knew enough, though, to get a, a teacher for me because I think he would have just, that would have been a problem. But he he uh, he wanted me, he exposed me to a lot of music. My mom was my father's rock and support. And she is a musician in her own right. She has ears like no one. She doesn't play music and she doesn't, sing although i've heard her sing around the house and i i do like her voice <laughs> can't get her on stage though but she she um when i write a song or i have an arrangement idea she's the first person i call because of how she hears it she mm-hmm. knows when she's hearing something that is right and that feels right and that is something and uh you know she and my father met when they were my dad my father was 21 she was 17 
They were together for 43 years and my, they have both been a support to me in different ways. My father nurtured me and the music inside of me and exposed me to all kinds of different things. I grew up two years old in the club with him when they couldn't find a babysitter that my mom would just take me bopping around the club social. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, right. Um, and my, my, my mom would facilitated me getting out there she took me to my first talent shows and okay and just you know encouraged me and still when I was in college I would call her and say mom what am I doing I'm in New York City trying to be a vocalist there are vocalists that are amazing everywhere am I crazy can I sing (laughs) 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 and and she would say yes Yes, you can, and you're doing great. And so she really has been a backbone, and I think everybody needs that. So Yeah. Well, you're lucky because most people, a lot of people don't have that, especially in the, in the, the field of arts. You know, they want their kids to be doctors and lawyers or computer technicians or something like that, right? My dad, my dad was not the biggest fan of me pursuing music. He, people would be like, oh, you should put her on star search, or he would be like, book search. <laughs> he wanted me to... Well, your pop knew the struggle. Yes, he did. He so did. He, didn't, he didn't want you to have to go through that, but... But he still prepared me, and, you know, he was, he was an amazing vocalist and person. So where did you study music? Where? Yeah. At the New School University. I think it's the New School for Jazz and Contemporary Music. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Real sophisticated. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, I, I wanted to, I never thought I would go to college. I couldn't really afford it. And there had been some circumstances in life that just led me down a path uh, where that just didn't seem like it was going to happen. And, um, I auditioned at the new school and they gave me a full ride and I had to pay for dormitory costs, which was still a struggle because I was broke and uh, but it worked and and they you know the 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 way that i learned there was it was very fortunate i still have the the paper of the first um the first song that i ever transposed it said all of me transposed from c to g by brianna thomas on september 7th 2007 <laughs> <laughs> and because you're gonna it frame was, that joint it was, it was such a big deal that I had that information. Information is a uh, key to being able to, sometimes you feel something inside yourself and you just don't know how to get it out. And the new school, you know, that the education that I got there with the various teachers, Kamal Scott, Richard Harper, Gerard D'Angelo, um, um, Cecil Bridgewater, Jimmy Owens, it, it helped me to really communicate the things inside of myself with the knowledge now that I have that I learned out of the book but also connecting that now with the intuition that I had as a musician and feeding that also so you developed the other part of your skill in other places like Chicago yeah I think that some things you only learn first of all by doing and second of all by by seeing, not in any specific order. And and um, you, sometimes you just gotta be in it. And there are something, you can't, you can't learn all of this language. Music is a language, um, jazz is a language, blues is a language. 
all of this, you can't learn it all in a book. Um, You can learn skill sets on how to make a sentence in a book, but it won't tell you how to read it with emotion. And I think you learn those things by watching people being put in that situation yourself where you got to, you know, on stage, the seconds fly by, whether you're doing a ballad or up-tempo swing, and you have to make a decision. And the biggest thing that I am still learning now and that I'm trying to reach deeper into is to be fully in the moment and not worried about the next. And I think that's probably just a life lesson in general. <laughs> Preach that. <laughs> Can you teach me that secret? You know what I mean? I'm learning it, man. It's kicking my butt, too. So if you could do it all over again, would you do it the same way? Well, there have been moments um, where in my grief or in my uncertainty that I have thought to myself, what am I doing? What did I get myself into? Um, or just questioned the path that I was on. Um, but, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I'm not where I hope to be, but I'm not where I was. And one thing that I have learned in this journey so far is that um, everything that came before, that happened before, whatever it was, whether it was good or bad, has helped to make me what I am now. And so if I'm looking at my future with hope, then I should look at my past with thankfulness. Wow. Man, you have really good answers. (laughs) 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 You need to hang out more often. God damn, Brianna, what should I do with my life? (laughs) That's the question I ask you all the time. What you talking about? (laughs) So (laughs) You're in my top five. (laughs) Right, right. So, uh, but let's let's talk about because we didn't talk about uh, your transition to New York. You didn't come straight to New York from Peoria. You went to Chicago. You went to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So, um, I grew up until I was twenty-one. I was in Peoria, Illinois, which has a very rich musical scene. I was very fortunate to grow up around a lot a lot of great musicians. My father being one of them, he was a, a vocalist and a drummer and he played in a band called Dave and the Dynamics, the first band that I ever performed and sang with at the Taste of Peoria in front of two thousand people and he made me do the cabbage patch. <laughs> <laughs> What's that dance you've been doing around the house? So that and MC Hammer, but anyway. Okay, it's like what ninety one. <laughs> oh my gosh, was I was just I was six, <laughs> and he he brought me on stage with him to sing "What a Wonderful World," and he has there's like I was saying many amazing musicians in Peoria. Um, Dave Parkinson, who was the band leader, used to play with James Brown. My father, when Ike and Tina came to town and other bands on the Chitlin circuit, he was the drummer they'd call. You know, Gail Thomas, she was a great vocalist that worked with that group that I grew up hearing all these people, Judy Page, Preston Jackson, uh, Steve Dagenforth, the first guitar player that I ever worked with that made me fall in love with the guitar. And um, just a rich heritage of amazing musicians and so and Chicago and Peoria are just three hours apart right so it's just kind of like a hop skip and a jump and uh I went up to Chicago when I graduated high school and I lived up there for about 
a year and I was going to go to Columbia University, didn't work out. Um, and it just wasn't the place for me. You know, you feel you have to learn to trust that instinct. And I'm glad mm-hmm. I did. But Chicago, um, Vaughn Freeman, Fred Anderson, who was like a musical father to me, I would go to his jam sessions um, all the time and and he, just every week. And he was very um, encouraging to me. He get served it straight up. You need to do this. You need to do, you know, and, and I learned a lot from him. He's really like a dad to me. And, um, went back to Peoria after a year. My mother's mother, my grandmother was, um, passing away of pancreatic cancer. She was a beautiful person. Hmm. Had been quick, but I was hoping my mom take care of her. And, uh, she lived in Iowa. So okay. I always tell people I got two sides of country. My dad's from Mississippi. My mom is from Iowa. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, then I I lived in Peoria, worked as a loan processor for a while, and gigged. But um, the scene in Peoria isn't as jumping as cities like Chicago or or right. New York. So um, then I went through some changes that only life can bring, things that you never see coming. And I made a decision to pack all my stuff in the back of my car and I had a little hatchback with no air. <laughs> oh yeah. I think we all had a car with no AC at some point. <laughs> I rolled down the windows and I had central air. <laughs> so. I, listen, I used to have this uh nineteen ninety one Ford Explorer. You ever seen that movie Set It Off? Oh my gosh. So yes. it was a getaway car in that movie. Yes. But my AC didn't work. And my windows didn't let Oh, down. Lord. But I had a sunroof that twisted. <laughs> so I just twist that motherfucker up. <laughs> 100 degrees outside, just yes. chilling. It learns, makes, you, makes you appreciate when you get where you, you have right. more. So I, and I didn't have a CD player. I had this the CD uh, thing with the tape cassette. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> had the little ribbon coming out. Yes, yes. Bumping. Whatever I was listening to. <laughs> so so I put all my stuff, including my saxophone, which I didn't really that played saxophone in high school in some college. Uh and my you know, everything in the back of that car and drove down to Nashville and I stayed there for two years with a very gracious family that took me in after some hardship. And um I I needed to get out of the the environment that I was in. I think that's something very important in your um, development. When you reach a place um, in your development, we don't think of life as development, but it is, it's moving forward. Right. When you go you know, through moments and you reach a moment where you recognize you, you need something different, give yourself permission to accept that change and go forth in it with courage because that change made all the difference for me. It, I ended up here in New York City going to school at the new school, learning things that, first of all, in college, never thought I'd go, learning things that um, never, never had, I never knew, you, you learn some things that you realize, my God, thank you for putting me in this situation so that I could know these things because it just changed the game. I love to write. I love to write. I was writing songs before I knew how um, to actually write them and what a seventh chord was. I did the Betty Carter Jazz Ahead program right. in high school, and um, I was my senior year of high school, and I got there, and Alan Johnson, DC pianist, oh, yeah, yeah. amazing, 
Um, he, I get there and Carmen Lundy says to me, where's your music? And I was like, I sent it to y'all on the tape. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know that I needed sheet music. So, uh, Alan takes me out in the hallway and, uh, he watches me play it on piano and transcribes it for me. And the next year I came back and I showed Miss Lundy, here go my charts. They were all seven chords and I only knew root position, but I wrote it. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) But, um, you know, just all these moments in life that, all of them lead you to where you are. And I think wherever you are today, you it's super important. And I'm finding this recently. I said this earlier, but you are not, I am not where I was and I'm not where I'm going. But, you know, it's super important to, to, to acknowledge that because I think that that also feeds the journey. Mm-hmm.